0: Hi, I'm Suzy Larson. Here's the podcast for Live the Promise. Enjoy the conversation. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm Suzy Larson and this is Live the Promise. And we are here to help you engage in a strong and active walk of faith. So glad you tuned in today. Always glad to have you listening. Well, my guest today is actually a very precious friend of mine. And maybe you've heard of her, Ann Voskamp, New York Times bestselling author. We'll talk today about her amazing book, The Broken Way, A Daring Path into the Abundant Life. And what I love about Ann is her humility, her accessibility. She's not trying to be anybody other than who she is she's just so honest about the hurts in her heart and the fears that she struggles with and she's so articulate when it comes to describing the love of god and how he meets us in our brokenness so if you feel perpetually broken and you feel might maybe even stuck in that place Anne would say to embrace it to wrap your arms around it and then invite jesus to meet you there I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. We'll get her on in just a moment. A couple quick announcements. Super excited to tell you that our Faith Radio's Writers' Contest is underway. It's running right now, taking submissions now through May 14th. God's gifted so many of us with talents. Maybe your talent is writing. We'd love for you to... Uh, Sign up and do your best. You'll find all the information on our website, myfaithradio.com. Now, I'll tell you, the six winners will receive scholarship to our upcoming Writers' Conference and a guaranteed one-on-one face-to-face appointment with acquisition editors from Bethany House Publishers. So those are two separate things, the Writers' Contest and the Writers' Conference. So. I don't want fear to stand in your way. If you've got a desire to write, check it out on our homepage, MyFaithRadio.com. Look up the theme. Look at just the criteria. I think the word count is between 700 and 1,000. You can do this. I hope you'll join us. And then I hope you meet us at the conference this summer. So let me tell you about my guest, and I don't want to waste another moment. We'll get this conversation started. Ann Voskamp's the wife of one fine down-to-earth farmer. A book reading mama to a posse of seven, the author of the New York Times bestsellers, The Greatest Gift and Unwrapping the Greatest Gift, and the 60-week New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Gifts, A Dare to Live Fully Right Where You Are, which, listen to this, has sold more than one million copies and has been translated into 20 languages. She's a busy gal, and I'm so honored every time she gives us time on Live the Promise. Dear Anne, welcome back to the program.
1: Oh, you're just my absolute favorite. I'm so thrilled to be with you. Wow.
0: And thank you so much. And you know this, and I know you love God's Word. And I'm wondering, is there a passage of scripture you've been camping on these days that you can share with us?
1: Mm-hmm. I think I keep coming back. I'm a farmer's wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I keep coming back to, to that passage from John that's telling us that unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground, it remains alone. But it falls into the ground, it, it re. Thirty, sixty, a hundredfold. I want that kind of life, Susie. I want a life that, life that yields, yields the most. How do I live surrendered, broken, and given to Him? I think if, when, when Jesus talks about time, it's not something. It's just, my time has come. My time has come. My time has come. What does that mean? When Jesus talks about time, I mean time has come. To be broken and given, his time has come to die. And when Jesus talks about time, time isn't something to be seized or held on to. It's to be sacrificed. It's to be like that kernel of wheat that falls into the ground. And if we will sacrifice and yield our time and our lives, then our lives will yield the most. will be the abundant life. It's like just, I keep coming back to it, Susie. How do wow. I live broken and given into a broken-hearted world? Mm,
0: boy, it's a great Question and something we all need to ponder, and this is something you know I've said on the show numerous times. That you know I've lived so much of my life in fear, and and I do believe God has continues to set the plow deeper in my soil and bring me f- you know from strength to strength and glory to glory. But one thing I've learned is when when fears are triggered, self preservation kicks in, and when self preservation oh, yes. kicks in, kingdom life cannot happen. I mean, these two are not compatible: self preservation and kingdom life. And what you're writing about is exactly the opposite of trying to save ourselves, right?
1: you know what Susie though i realize, and the broken way is is raw and vulnerable and it i'm I'm laying my own heart out there to say that so many times I have been the woman who cared more about my self preservation than anyone else's situation and and that's not gospel <laughs> the gospel is not about? Protecting the gospels so about I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So I think I think we have to look at what's driving our self-preservation. Is it is it pride? Is it fears? Over and over again, I keep returning to. It. If I can if I can find my fears, I can find my idols. There's an idol somewhere mm-hmm. that I need to break, that I need to destroy, so that I can become more like Christ. So I think. Oh, I was finding so many times in my my own relationships, and Susie, I'm the woman of chronic soul amnesia. I I do this again and again. I'm like, wait. I'm self-preserving again. I'm trying to to build up some kind of wall to protect myself, and that's not what Christ has called me to. He's called me to. I took the same pen where I wrote down a thousand things I was great before. I take that same pen and each day draw a small cross on my wrist. That's the form I want my life to take. The form of my days, the shape of my days. I want to live cruciform. I want to live shaped like a cross, broken and given. Without that that self-preservation, because I'm hidden in Christ, my identity, my safety, my security. My belovedness is all in him. I don't have to self-preserve because I'm preserved in Christ.
0: Hmm. You know, and just, I wrote this down. If I can find my fears, I can find my idols. And, yeah. and, and for those who don't know your backstory, um, if you don't mind sharing a bit about it, and the reason I say this is because sometimes it is, it's pride that keeps us from, from giving of ourselves, but other times it's honest to goodness fears come from honest to goodness trauma. And I think that oh, matters, trauma. right? Right. Because I feel like when God sees your trauma, I say this often, but it needs to be said again. He doesn't roll his eyes or breathe a heavy sigh. He no. doesn't go, why can't you? you know, so I want people to kind of understand the context that you're speaking from so that maybe they can connect with your story somehow.
1: Yeah, um I heard about it one thousand gifts um my My first memory when I was four years old, my eighteen month old sister was um killed in the farmyard in front of my mother and I, mm. we're all crushed in front of us. and um, My first memory, for me as a child, the world seemed like a terrifying place where people could be killed right in front of you. Um, I struggled with ulcers when I was seven years old. and mm. um, Panic attack through my teen years, and my mother was hospitalized in psychiatric wards, trying to work through not only deep grief, but yes, Profound, startling trauma from watching your child die in a horrific way, a violent way in front of you. Um, we weren't, we weren't a believing family. We didn't know what to do with the pain. Um, I started cutting myself in my teen years, breaking glass glasses, jars um, out in the garage, taking shards of i and just getting just trying to bleed out the pain, as I write in the broken way, I think nothing is more important than us trying to figure out how do we live with brokenness, how do yeah. we live with suffering, it's, it, losses are coming for all of us, if we haven't experienced it yet, it's coming around some corner because this is a broken and fallen world. We have to figure out what to, what am I what is my response to suffering what is my response going to be to brokenness It's not dysfunctional like mine was picking up glass and, and cutting myself self harming self injuring myself to try, to try to escape the pain um, but what I really believe that so much in dysfunctionality in our families in our communities in our own lives comes from um, trying to avoid brokenness, trying to deny it, to hide it, to escape it. Um, we don't have good coping mechanisms to to process pain. So the Broken Way really is about, how do I go ahead and live with my one broken heart in the world? What is the answer to pain and suffering in the world? And how do I find abundance in the midst of a world that feels like it's bleeding so much of the time?
0: Hmm. And the thing is, and the good news, as you write in the book, is it is possible to find abundance. It's even, a, this is where, the broken way is where we find healing, where we find intimacy with God. So it's not just about opening up our wounds and just living like a gaping wound. It's, no. the, it's the place where Jesus meets us, isn't it?
1: it I think um, I have a, a painting, a print on the wall of our bedroom, and it's, it's Thomas. Jesus is Jesus is all the movement. Jesus is all the grace. Jesus is all the mm. it's Jesus taking Thomas's hand and, and pressing Thomas's fingers into to to Jesus' wounds. And for me it's become a metaphor for my life of brokenness. He calls us to take our brokenness and yes, not walk around as gaping wounds, but to take our wounds and press our wounds into his wounds. By his wounds we are healed. Can we take our brokenness to the cross? where Christ has experienced every pain, every suffering, every sin, every horrific act in the world. He understands like no one else understands. All the places where we have felt abandoned or we have felt alone or we have felt no one else gets what I've experienced. When we get to the cross, Jesus, knows, and Jesus says to, to God, the question really this." beating heart of humanity or is it my god my god why have you forsaken me jesus understands abandonment he understands suffering he understands pain like we desperately want to be understood and, and he says my name is emmanuel i am god with you They're right in the broken way witness breaks brokenness sometimes we think we want an explanation why the suffering, why this brokenness. But explanations can be cold and the arms of Christ are warm. What we really want is an encounter and experience with God. We want Emmanuel. We want to to know that he is with us, that we aren't alone, and that the body of Christ comes alongside and says, you're not alone. I am with you in this. And in that withness, in that communion, in that I bring my brokenness to the table, and Christ brings his brokenness, and I give him all of my pain, all of my suffering, all of my, my sins, my my brokenness, my filthy rags, and he gives me all my his righteousness. It's this beautiful, intimate exchange where he clothes me and, and He heals my wounds by His wounds, and in the communion, that there is healing, there is that connection, there is that intimacy. We are desperate for. So no, we don't go around with gaping wounds. We take our wounds and keep pressing them into Christ. We take our one broken heart, and we, we, it seems so paradoxical. We give it away into the world, <laughs> hmm. and in that giving our own brokenness, with vulnerability and humility with deep generosity to those around us and their own brokenness. There's a kind of communion and healing in that too. We become, if we really want to be healed, we need to say, Lord, make me a wounded healer. And in reaching out towards others, we find ourselves (laughs) unbelievably healed and finding ourselves in an abundant feast.
0: Wow. So good. Well, this is The Promise. Coming up after the break, we'll continue our discussion with Ann Voskamp about her new book, The Broken Way, A Daring Path into the Abundant Life. Back in a moment.
1: You're listening to an Encore
0: presentation of Live the Promise. One of my favorite quotes comes from Graham Cook, and he says, You know what? God is not disillusioned with you. He never had any illusions about you in the first place. I just love that. I'm Suzy Larson. This is of The Promise, talking to my friend Ann Voskamp celebrating the release of a brand new book, The Broken Way, A Daring Path into the Abundant Life. Daring to be known as someone who needed saving. Daring to be known as someone who needs redemption and mercy and healing and kindness. We all do. And I think to the degree that we can humble ourselves and open our hands, will we walk in that abundance that Jesus has so paid such a high price for? Love to get your name in on the drawing. Email me, Susie at Radio dot com Susie with an s not a z Susie at com, name and mailing address and then if you've got a question you can include that as well but you open the book and with a quote from paul miller it goes like this the very thing we are afraid of our brokenness is the door to our father's heart and you know this is the thing and i will not want you to unpack that but when you look at we're afraid we want to clean it up we want to numb it up we want to make excuses or create a diversion and point to something else First of all, what are we so afraid of? And then explain why this is the door to the Father's heart. I think um, I think
1: brokenness, lots of times we see brokenness as ending. Brokenness is the beginning. We look at the Beatitudes and blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are broken. Blessed are those who feel bankrupt. I mean, blessed actually... In our common day language, we might use the word lucky. Lucky are the ones who feel bankrupt and busted and broken and, and l- deeply poor in spirit. For theirs is, is what? Jesus says, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Theirs is the abundance. Um, brokenness isn't the end because when we get to broken places, that's the place where Christ now gets to be all the strength, all the glory. He gets to do all the work because we're out of the way. We say, I've got nothing left here, Lord. I'm too weak. I'm too broken. I I cannot do anything here. And he said, "Ah, perfect. This is my perfect canvas. You just come here and rest completely in me and I will do everything. I think lots of times, We think we need to be awesome. (laughs) We don't need to be awesome. We need to let Jesus be awesome. We don't need to go ahead and try to achieve something or accomplish something. We need to rest in the one who achieved everything and says it is finished. So our brokenness doesn't disqualify us. It qualifies us to say that Jesus now will do everything that needs to be done.
0: Wow. Amen. You also write in, in The Broken Way that there's absolutely no tidy pattern in life for the, for those who get pain and those who get peace. Boy, I appreciated that so much because at times when, you, when you're walking through a season of pain and you're surrounded by what seems uh, friends and people who are in seasons of peace and favor, you can get it to a place where you're asking the wrong questions, questions that kind of land you in the ditch. So speak to the idea that there just is no tidy pattern, but God sees and he's with us.
1: I think sometimes we think if if I'm experiencing brokenness right now, if it's my dreams and my hopes, our relationships, my plans all are sort of busted up right now, I must have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that somebody else their life it looks at least on the outside, it's going along swimmingly well and everything looks neat and tight and perfect, they must be doing something more right than I am. And and we think about you know, in Scripture, the story of, why was this child born blind and now he's healed? Did, did the parents do something wrong? No, this happened so God gets the glory. So I think there is no neat pattern <laughs> to who gets pain and who gets peace. The pattern is, that regardless of situation, Christ is to get all the glory, Whatever happens is for my ultimate good. Can I trust that? That's radical. That's upside down. That's transformational. That's revolutionary. If I can believe it, regardless of what's happening, it's for His glory and my ultimate good. And and the only pattern that there is in life that I want to step into is that that pattern of being shaped like a cross, being broken and given, living cruciform, that, that it's not about who has done more right or who has done more wrong. All... That we have done even the best things we are, we've ever done fall far short, so just we need to wipe out that thinking completely from our minds and know that you know Jesus is writing a story that's far bigger than us, and it's all for his glory, and his sovereign will is using everything that even looks like it's all a brokenness. He's making a mosaic of grace out of that, mm-hmm. so that I don't have to go ahead and blame myself or beat up myself. Christ isn't doing this if, if Jesus is saying, I, I so loved you that I stretched out my arms this wide as far as the east is from the west. I've wiped out all of those sins and I've stretched my arms out this wide, say I love you this much. I'm the only one that has ever loved you to death and back again to the realest life. If Jesus is saying that to you, then why are you going around beating up yourself? He's not beating up yourself. He's gone ahead and, and died for you. He's loved you so much. So I think we need to stop saying, I must have done something wrong. We need to switch that question around and say, Lord, it's not about whether I've done something wrong. We've all done something wrong. How could you, how now do I respond in such a way that shows the rightness and glory and beauty of you, Jesus, in the midst of this? I so think we just need to turn the question around and say, okay, well, how can I be like you in this, not why is this happening?
0: And, and how has what you've accomplished on the cross how does that impact my current story because it does and i think if we ponder the victory that he won you know three questions i i often i've just learned to ask in heartbreak and disappointment is one is what is this disappointment saying to me that's not true What's it saying about me? That's not true. And what's it saying about God? That's not true. And don't you feel like in those places of brokenness, when your soil is all turned over and it feels like the earth movers are on there and they're pulling up the big boulders, that's when the enemy wants to get in with despair, with accusation. And I feel like it's especially important to be asking the right questions. How about you, Anne? What are some of the questions that you learn to ask so as to keep your face in his hands and keep your eyes locked on his?
1: I think... uh... (laughs) I think sometimes we need some we need some visuals. So i when I keep talking about putting that cross on my, my wrist. It's not just about the shape and form of my days. It's also it's my identity. This is who I am. Because when, when things are getting feeling broken the soil of my life is being cultivated and broken up because he's gonna plant seeds in that. He's gonna plant something that's gonna yield an abundant crop out of that. But that's where Satan likes to get in and, and start bombarding me with lies. I need to know what my real identity is. I need to know that who I really am in Christ, who I am is not how I feel. Who I am is who He is. All of His righteousness, all of His justification, all I am sanctified, I am complete, I am whole. He calls me friend. He calls me beloved. I have to tell myself literally, actually I wear it on a necklace around my neck, that Beloved is all there is to hear. Beloved. So, that all the lies of Satan who wants to get in there and say, you, You've busted it up again. You're not enough. You have failed. You have failed again. You are a failure. He tries to rename us in the midst of the brokenness. We need to go ahead and say, No, I am who Jesus is. My identity is all on the cross. All there is to hear is beloved. That's my true name. That's my, my core. Because of the cross, that's who I really am. And I think, I think what Satan really wants to do is destroy our identity in Christ, because then he destroys our intimacy with Christ. I think too often as Christians, we go ahead and say, I have acti- all my activity for God. We think that that really draws us into intimacy with God, and it doesn't. Activity does not equal intimacy. We need to go ahead and have time and closeness and slow down enough that we have intimacy with him so we know our true identity in him. So regardless of the boulders and the brokenness, we know who we are in him. And when we know who we are in him, we can trust, A, my name is beloved, and B, he is always good. He's going to bring forth a good crop out of this and I am always loved. I can trust that in a broken-hearted world.
0: And I, friends, I don't want you to rush past what Anne just said. That Satan wants to destroy our identity, so he can further destroy our intimacy with God. So true. Think about that. If the enemy gets after our identity, suddenly we see ourselves in a wrong light. What, we, yeah. That keeps us out of God's presence because shame will compel us to pull back. You know where mercy and grace and love and acceptance will compel us to rush forward. I want you to think about that, friend. That if enemies attacking your identity, put your shield up and remind your soul, as Anne is talking about, you're His beloved, and Anne you always. We say, God is always good and I am always loved. And then move on to, to cultivate an intimate walk with God right in the midst of your own broken way. Talking to Ann bosskamp title of her book, The Broken Way, A Daring Path into the Abundant Life. This is such a gutsy book. And if we can be real about our hurts and our pains, to the extent that we can, will be the extent that we know God's redemptive power in our lives. What we endure now is nothing compared to the glory that awaits us later. That's what the Bible says. Don't go away. More with Ann in a moment. Email if you want in on the drawing. Susie at myfaithradio.com. Name, mailing address, and we will be back in a moment. You're listening to
1: an encore presentation of Live the Promise. You're listening to an encore presentation of Live the Promise.
0: Bring your brokenness and I'll bring mine. Love that. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Susie Larson. This is Live the Promise. So honored and blessed to be talking to my friend, Ann Voskamp, New York Times bestselling author, Dear Sister in Christ. Title of her new book, we're celebrating the release, The Broken Way, A Daring Path into the Abundant Life. If you'd like in on a drawing, got a few copies to get it out and into your hands, just email me. Susie at com name and mailing address. And if you've got a question for Ann, you can include it there and I'll try to get to it during the show. So, Ann, a few years passed between a thousand gifts and the broken way. And if you don't mind, and you just say as much as you want to say, but okay, a thousand gifts was a smashing runaway success. And I think people maybe from the outside looking in see smashing runaway success, but don't know about the downside or the hard side of success. I mean, and you're this private farm wife who writes a prolific writer, but I mean, you're really somebody who is more introverted. So this, I don't know that you probably were even prepared for that kind of a oh smashing my. success. Oh. Talk about the impact that that success had on you. Maybe some things people wouldn't probably automatically know, maybe even the downside of some of it.
1: Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am probably the most introverted person you've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, Sometimes we, we go ahead and we lay our stories out down on the altar, and we make our lives a living sacrifice, and we don't know what God's going to go ahead and do with that, and we have to live open-handed and be like bread. God gets to choose how he breaks and gives that bread out into the world. I never expected 1,000 gifts ever to go into that many people's hands. It It's... Um, you live with a deep vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That many people have read your story. Um, and you, you do. It's um, that, Living with that kind of vulnerability is, um, is a way of being a gift back into the world because you do feel exposed. Um, sometimes you feel misunderstood. Sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> you just want to <laughs> Play your little story Back in behind closed doors um, Christ hasn't called us to that I think sometimes I know he says He calls us to live outside of our comfort zones So we can experience A deeper comfort in him He calls us to live brave lives I think um, each of us right now Listening are being called to something That seems beyond us It seems out of our depths. And if we can say yes to that Say I trust you Lord even with this, when it seems so beyond who I am, um, I think we touch the depths of God in a way that, that transforms us and changes us, that causes us to trust him and not ourselves. Walking a life of faith requires us to go places that we say, I could never do that. And he says, that's exactly the point. That's what a life of faith actually is. I think each of us right now, listening, we're being called to do something that is beyond us called it to step out somewhere, and, and you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, saying this is what a life of faith would look like for you right now. And scripture tells us that if, if we know what we're what called to do and we don't do it, that is sin. So there are things that we're being called to do to live a faithful life. We need to say yes to him and trust him enough that he will sustain us, that he will be enough, that we may feel, I'm way too introverted for that, Lord. I'm way too weak. I'm way too broken. You got the wrong girl. And and he says, that's right. You may not have any of this right, but I get to be all the right. I get to be the right Jesus, the right king, the right Lord. Go ahead and say yes to him right now and, and step out in faith. And that faith, sometimes living a life of faith feels like fear, it feels like fear because we know that we can't do this, and he gets to do it. So fear may be what we feel, but faith is what we do. Faith is what we live.
0: Amen. I appreciate that so much, And And I would imagine just feeling so out there um, okay. when the, when the idea of the broken way starts to, you know, yeah. kind of— pitter-patter in your heart. I, I just know for me, there's times where there's an excitement that God's giving me something, and then that other voice going, are you crazy? Are you nuts? You want to do this again? Um, it's so true, Susie,
1: so true. But again, we obey. Uh, a life of faces, we're not our own, right? right. A life of mm-hmm. faces that we belong to Him, and He's all my protection. Hmm. Shame is a bully. Yeah. And grace is a shield, and I live shielded behind the infinite grace of Christ that covers all my wounds, all my not-enoughness, and makes me enough. So, yeah, there's, I think, though, we need to give each other the gift of saying, I'm broken, and God calls the brokenhearted to be world changers. So when we lay our brokenness on the table and say, here, I'm not perfect. I don't have it together. Anything that's good coming out of my life is only the grace, the love, the kindness of Jesus leaking through my brokenness. That allows other people to go, wow, if I said yes to Jesus and I stepped out into this place that feels like fear to me and to, to a life of, of faith that's beyond who I am and I would have to really accept and believe my identity in him, that allows other brokenhearted people to become world changers, too, in the midst of their own brokenness and woundedness, that Jesus would leak out of that. So I think we give each other a tremendous gift to say, you could be a world changer in the midst of your own brokenness when we each share our own brokenness. And say, and All this good, all this, this grace that you see in my life, it's only Jesus, it's not me.
0: Hmm. You know, just this weekend at this event, and I was talking about, you know, we come to Christ if we truly are in Christ we came to him by humility counting yes. on mercy and grace yes. it was the low door of humility yes. to say i can't save myself i can't jump yes. high enough and jesus came down and I, i'm taking it but somehow we rise up from that place and go i got it from here and we try oh,
1: to oh exactly yeah.
0: and we put so much more weight on what we do than what jesus has done and yet it's the broken way that gives other people permission to go like you said well if he can do that through her he can do it through me And yet we we strive to save face rather than to embrace grace, you know. Well, one of the things you have, one of the chapters you titled, Remembering Your Broken Mm -hmm. Pieces. I want you to talk about that call and the importance of remembering and even revisiting aspects of our lives so that we can walk the way and and redeem that part of this, let Jesus redeem that part of the story.
1: One thousand gifts really explored. I really believe that that Lord's Supper is is the this linchpin in, in a Christian faith. He asks us to do this over and over again. Come and participate in the Lord's Supper. Take the bread, give thanks. That's what 1,000 Gifts was ex- was really exploring. Eucharistale, The Broken Wave then explores, what does he do after he's given thanks? He breaks the bread and he gives it. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. What that literally means is, make Christ present. What is He was broken and given. In every situation, how do I make Christ present over and over again? I need to remember this. Look at that word remember. I take brokenness, and it can be remembered. It can be made whole if I can step into every situation and make Christ present. What what really wounds us in so many places in our lives is how we remember things in our past. Hmm. Can you return to those places and revisit those places that seem so broken? and busted. It even seemed terrifying and painful to revisit. Can we go back to those places and can I make Christ present in that place? Can I sit in his presence and know that he was with me in that place of pain and let him remember me and all of my brokenness, make me whole in him, knowing that he's Emmanuel. He's never abandoned me. He is always with me. How do I go ahead and have it? deep, intimate communion with Christ. In the midst of the broken places, let him remember me. Christ calls us to be the remembering people. We go out in the world and remember who Christ is. We remember who we are in christ we remember the truth of the gospel we preach gospel back to ourselves that remembering that he calls us to be to be the remembering people that's about taking the brokenness in the world and in him letting him make abundance out of that Letting him bring healing letting him bring shalom and wholeness out of that so constantly how do i make christ present in every situation that's sort of reenacting the lord's supper over and over, metaphorically, in every situation, if I can make Christ present, if I can live cruciform, shaped like a cross, broken and given out into the world, that remembers a broken place in the world. We're called to go out into the world, look for the broken places, take bits of our own heart, and allow Christ to fill that broken place in the world with bits of our own heart, to remember, to, to heal, take those broken shards, and, and remember them into wholeness again. So I, I would really encourage Look back in a a broken place in your life and you think, I was abandoned in that place, can you return to that place, revisit that place, and say, Christ, how are you with me in that? Can I make you the ever-present Christ? Can I just be aware of your ever-presence in that situation so you would remember that broken place in me so I can go out and I can comfort those other people in the world who are broken in similar ways? I can be a world changer and help change their world by bringing you, making you present in the midst of brokenness in the world.
0: Mm, Boy, so good. You know, we tend and to be forgetters when it comes to things like grace and, and love and yeah. uh, forgiveness. Yeah. I want you to say a word, if you would, about our tendency to forget that which will save our souls. And and how we do, uh, we need to hang on to truths, actually, that our hearts so desperately need. So here's a twofold question. I'll say it again our tendency to forget things that actually restore and nourish our soul, these ever-present gifts, you know, were new mercies every day and compassion and forgiveness. And how can we better hang on to those truths so that we can stay nourished and stay connected to that, that life-giving, soul-nourishing uh, gospel that Jesus sends our way?
1: I think, you know, we, we are. We're people of chronic soul, amnesia, we yeah. forgetting all of the time. We forget, you know, that, God's mercies are new every morning Not as an obligation to us But as an affirmation of us That he loves us, he's the hand of heaven And he keeps pursuing us How do we remember those things every morning I think it's The speed of our lives Causes us to forget The way we let um, Ourselves become distracted In the world by other things The way we let the enemy of our souls Distract us with with shiny things in different places we forget. I think we have to be very intentional about preaching gospel back to ourselves. S- slow down and to think, what, what do I need to do to remember the truth of who I am in Christ? Remember what my purpose in Christ is? What does that look like? Does that look going, like going ahead and writing down who I am in Christ? I, I, I wrote it down on cue cards. Actually recorded myself going ahead and saying those verses about who I am in Christ. And I would listen to it every day at the sink for months till I had it memorized. So I, you're trying to rewire your mind to who you are in Christ. I think if we're if we're not we're called to be a remembering people, remember all those broken lives. We're going to need to be really intentional about that because we are what we love, and so uh, the world is constantly bombarding us with things to love that aren't Jesus. So we're going to have to slow down. I, I want to be about Christ. I want to have an appetite for him. I want to love him the most. I want to see the cross and Jesus as the most beautiful thing that I am drawn to and attracted to more than any other shiny, flimsy thing in the world. So does that mean putting my phone aside for so many hours a day? Does that mean turning the radio off? Does that mean taking a sabbath from news does that mean every day that i'm going to go ahead and, and take a walk out in nature and be still and know that he is god what's one intentional thing you can do to break the noise break the pace break the lies that the enemy has in your head be really intentional about stepping into the abundance of his presence so you can sort of cultivate an appetite for him the world is constantly trying to fill us up with other things so that we don't have a hunger and an appetite for jesus so that we've ruined our appetite for god on a whole bunch of other things And um, so that's going to require intentionality we say oh i don't have time for that oh but you can't have the abundant life unless you'll be intentional about breaking away from the other things and hungering for Christ. That might mean sticking a verse on your mirror or your steering wheel or on the back of your phone. That might be setting a chalkboard beside your table and writing a verse down that I'm going to memorize so that my mind is saturated and steeped in the things of Christ. So I challenge you right now, what's what's one way you could step into the abundant life? You know that, you know, I... I know the Holy Spirit's leading me to break away from the world and the distractions in this way. I'm going to be intentional about stepping into the abundant life and the presence of Christ by doing just, just one thing. And then I, I really would encourage you with one way you can go ahead and be the gift to somebody today. Give it forward today. Give that grace, the kindness, the mercy, the blessings of the Lord to somebody else. Um, he calls us to, to come along into the suffering in the world by being compassionate, co-suffering with other people. How do, you, how do you get to be the gift and give forth his mercy and his grace and his kindness to somebody else? And in doing that, I think we remember who we really are called to be, the body, the, Christ, the upside-down kingdom, the hands and feet of Jesus into a brokenhearted world. Mm-hmm. I think, interestingly enough, it's interesting that I talk about in the broken way. Um, researchers from Yale talked about the way to de-stress is to do two acts of kindness every day. It seems so paradoxical. We say, I don't have time to do anything <laughs> kind for someone else. I mean, it's, it's, it's gospel. It's the truth. But if we will be broken and given in small ways, give it forward today be the gift today to somebody else in a small way. God uses that to start this. Remember us, pull us back together, know that we are called to be his hands and feet in the world. That's who we really, truly are, his people.
0: Hmm. Talking to Ann Voskamp. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about giving it forward, because that's something Ann and her family did when she turned 40, Uh, just random acts of kindness and how that turned out. also want to talk to you, Ann, about the scripture that says what we suffer now is nothing. Compared to the glory that will be revealed to us later, so we can have an eternal perspective in this broken way. Don't go away. More with Ann Voskamp in a moment.
1: You're listening to an encore presentation of "Live the Promise."
0: Thanks for tuning in. I'm Susie Larson. This is Live the Promise, having a great conversation with my friend Ann Voskamp. She's a New York Times bestselling author, a farmer's wife, a mother of seven, and just a dear sister. Uh, title of her brand new book, The Broken Way, A Daring Path into the Abundant Life. And up to this point, Ann, we've been just talking about how really this is where the places where Jesus meets us, the places of our need. And uh, just some of the things we've walked through as a family in this last year has gotten me thinking a lot about heaven just loss and, and sickness and heartbreak and different things, and there's a passage in Scripture that says, you know, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed to us later. Would you just talk a little bit about just what those ideas, there's several passages of Scripture like that, what they mean to you, what they've come to mean to you?
1: I think sometimes we, our perspective <laughs> seems to change. We, we look at our lives and we think, oh, but this is so painful right now, but this is just a fraction of the string, the rope of our lives that goes on forever and ever into eternity. So what am experiencing here? I I want um, Christ to be glorified in me. I want to live a faithful, obedient life. It may seem painful right now, but I have all of eternity with him healed and whole, giving him praises in his presence, being entirely and completely fulfilled beyond comprehension or understanding or fathoming. so I, I think we just if I can go ahead and change my perspective here is not forever here is but a blink. I want to live in a way that um, as I talk about in the book um, think about eternity and live backwards from that how do I want to live all of eternity and then, then go ahead and make my decisions based on eternity
0: boy that's so good Talk about your 40th birthday and the whole idea of giving it forward.
1: I uh, I woke up on my 40th birthday and oh, <laughs> just feeling broken, feeling like I had failed the people I loved in deep ways. I think sometimes it's not just the sense of how I've failed, but has my own brokenness somehow been contagious that um, my kids... My family somehow has caught my own brokenness but I've passed it on to them and um my own falling short and I, I just I felt overwhelmed with just a sense of a failure. Um and sometimes in those spaces we can become very um self focused, interior focused on our own failings, our own pain. And um Lord, in His grace and His kindness, we've been reading as a family from Isaiah 58, that if you spend yourself on behalf of those who are oppressed, give yourself away, then your light will rise like the noonday. It seems so so upside-down kingdom. I believe all the deep, realist truths are always paradoxical. Um, so I decided, you know what? I'm not going to focus on my birthday and, and gifts, not gifts, coming kind of my... I really want to be the gift i really want to give forward all the gifts and grace and mercy and kindness that the lord has, has graced me with i want to give that forward so we gift blitzed our town with them um, intentional acts of kindness mm. that seemed like it was pushing an introvert out of the comfort zone and i cannot begin to express to you right about it in the broken way that the joy i didn't receive and and leaving dollars at the dollar store, and walking into a restaurant and paying for a family's dinner, and going to the police station with a dozen donuts and paying for coffees behind us, and we spent the whole day—my, my husband, myself, all of the kids—gift blitzing the town. I couldn't focus on feeling like a failure when I, you start to feel like a gift. You realize, in my own brokenness, I can still go ahead and give all of—not out of myself, but I, God's grace, Christ's love, Jesus' joy out into the world. And find myself, that noonday had risen in the dark, and just um, realizing I I wanted to live like that. I wanted to live out of my own brokenness, broken and given out in the world. Give it forward every single day. It turns um, my focus not on my own self, but onto all of the grace I've been given, and how I can pour that grace out into others, into the world. All there really is to see is Jesus, Jesus in the faces of those around us, and I want them to see Jesus in me. When I go ahead and make that the focus of my life, there was deep healing in that that I never expected. It was really transformational for me. So every day I think, how can I be the gift today? So we have um, we have on the blog at um a calendar for every month of <laughs> So we start in October, we release tomorrow, November's calendar. So every day of the month, it's just like a normal calendar, but it gives you a prompt about how you the best gift list, <laughs> not the gift list of what you get, but the gift list of what you can give. One small thing, really easy, intentional acts of, of giving, of grace, of, of being the gift out into the world. The art of really living is giving. So in the midst of our own brokenness, if we can go ahead and, and choose to do one, two intentional acts of kindness and grace, be the hands of Jesus out into a brokenhearted world, we find ourselves healed in um, ways that are kind of like an intimate communion with Christ. Because Christ says, when you give a glass of water to the least of these, you're giving it to me. In our giving, we meet Christ in a healing way that's very unexpected.
0: You know, when you think about uh, scripture calls us to this and your healing will spring forth. But as you said before the break, I mean, scientists and counselors apart from faith are discovering that it's in our DNA to give and to be other centered. And those who are willing to do that actually fare the best, even through their own hard times. Isn't that right?
1: It's it's crazy how that works, because really, when we're feeling deep grief, when we're feeling like a failure, when we're feeling depressed, we're feeling broken, the last thing we want to do is reach out our hand to somebody else. We feel like I don't have enough of me at all to go ahead and do that. But I really believe that if we will go ahead and in the midst of our own dark, if we will reach out our hand to somebody else, that's like hitting the light switch and turning the light on. So I can remember every time I feel like I'm in the dark, I'm too broken, how can I reach out my hand to somebody else? I'm in the midst of this book, and I'll tell you, (laughs) I feel broken and too small and it's, it's really easy to go I cannot do this I am not enough so I decided you know what everywhere I go I'm just going to be the gift focus on other people how can I gift splits right now I'm in New York City how can I gift splits New York City how can I encourage other people how can I say hey am so glad you showed up today thank you you have a beautiful smile the world needed what you had to give today just go ahead and focus on other people and take the focus off myself and all of a sudden I feel like oh the world is um Filled with grace and mercy. I get to be a gift out into a broken hearted world. There is deep healing joy in that.
0: Mm, boy. We're called to be that flow through account of God's blessing to a world in need. And boy, if we could live with that open handed wonder what might change all around yeah. us and even in us. Well, Anne, I know again, you're out in New York City and yet you're making time for us. I'm wondering if we could wrap this way. If you would pray for that person listening today who's just in the the dark night of the soul, would you pray for that person?
1: Thank you, Susie. Lord, right now, just the whole body of Christ is reaching around that person who feels abandoned, who feels rejected, feels unwanted and unchosen, feels like they don't have a place at the table. They don't belong. Right now, the body of Christ is underneath, but that person—you know their name, you know their story, you know their scars. I just thank you, Lord, that you are the wounded healer who cups the face of the brokenhearted and says, I love you to death and back to the realest life again. We thank you, Lord, that you are, and when we feel we don't even have the strength to do it, you find us, you find our wounds, and you press your wounds into our wounds, and you heal us with more of your presence, with more of yourself, that your arms are warm, and you draw the brokenhearted to the table. You say, the broken reed, That bruise reed, you'll never break, Lord. You're a compassionate healer. I pray, Lord, for that person who feels so brokenhearted today.
0: Got to end here. Bless you, day. Thanks for listening to this conversation from Live the Promise. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend. Help grow the impact of the show. Also, if you would, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player and then never miss a show.